Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. My guest today is a soul exchange walk-in. That topic itself is fascinating, but what she knows is even more fascinating. Sheila Seppi is here with us for this quantum conversation. Hello, Sheila. Hi, how are you? Wonderful. We're so intrigued by this topic. So let's dive right in. Your sure. soul exchange. At what point in your life did this occur? Okay. Well, I was 38 years old. I had three children. And prior to becoming a walk-in, if anyone would have even discussed the topic of a walk-in, I would have just left the room because I did not have an understanding. I had a very limited belief system at that time. I was um, pigeonholed in a little bitty box and I really liked it that way. But the problem was in that box, I became very ill and I had been diagnosed with the possibility of brain tumors. I was told that I probably had multiple sclerosis and would be in a wheelchair by the time I was in my early 30s. And by the time I was 38, I was walking with a cane because of the pain in my legs from what's called erythema nodosum, which is part of an autoimmune disease and sarcoidosis. And then in my early 30s, I was diagnosed with bone cancer. And I had an oncologist from Duke University. And to be honest with you, it felt like my entire world was in a tailspin going downward. And I was just very, very sick. I could not even play uh, with my children very long. And at that time, I had a three-year-old little boy and a six-year-old girl and a 12-year-old daughter. And it was really, um, you know, it was really a struggle just to make it through my day. I also had a very dysfunctional marriage and a high profile job. And so I was just on the go, 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 go. And I'd get home and I would just collapse. And mm -hmm. so one night I went to bed, this very sick person, and it seemed 
and it seemed like it was seven o'clock the next morning and someone reached down, grabbed me by the hair of my head and pulled me bolt upright in bed. And then it was as if lightning ran through my body. And then I was in white space. Now, I don't know how long I was in this space, but it was very comfortable. I was out of pain. It was very peaceful. I just felt totally at ease. Did I die or have a near-death experience? I don't know. But what I do know is that as I sat there in bed, eventually my peripheral vision started to come in and then my frontal vision. And as I sat there in the bed looking around, I noticed that everything was the same, but everything was different. There was like this new energy and it's like, everything vibrated with color and everything was so much brighter and the sounds were crisp. And I, you know, I didn't have an idea of what was going on. And when I got up out of the bed and I was walking through the room and caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror, I just stopped. And I was, I mean, I just stood there staring because I was amazed, not, you know, not like from a vanity point of view, but I was amazed at like, I was looking at my hair and I was looking at my eyes and my teeth and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm even freaking myself out. So as I began to move throughout the house and integrate the energy that was in my body, one of the first things that I noticed was I was no longer in pain. And I went to the doctor shortly thereafter and they verified that all of the symptoms and all of the diseases that I had been diagnosed with were totally gone. They had zero explanation. So in that moment, I was also instantaneously healed. And over the course of the next few days, my personality began to change. Uh, my friends, my family noticed. I tried to share the experience that had occurred and they looked at me like I had 12 heads and 100 eyes. So I, you know, I pretty well <laughs> figured out I needed to keep my story to myself because even to me, it just sounded so unbelievable. I had no metaphysical background. I'd never even read a metaphysical book. I did not even believe in past lives. And one of the first things that started happening to me is I started remembering past lives. I remembered what it was like to be born. I remembered what it was like to die. I remembered things from the other side. I remembered healing modalities that I'd never even read about or even had an interest in at that point. And so I, because I had a, uh, my degree was in psychology, I started to think that maybe I was having a psychotic break, that maybe the illness or the dysfunctional marriage or the combination of everything had really gotten to me and my psyche was just snapping because my personality was so, so differently. And I started feeling different about all of my family and friends and everybody that was in my life. And the only people that I had a close connection with were my three children, my mom, my dad, and my sister. And everyone else, I just felt very disassociated from. So needless to say, within three months, I had left that dysfunctional marriage because I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that we, we had nothing in common. And I started making very, very sudden lifestyle changes. And within another three months, not only had I left the marriage, but in an additional three months, I changed jobs and I moved to a different state. And it was there 
that I found um, really some answers that I was looking for. So I feel like I was very, very blessed that in the first six months, I found my first spiritual teacher and I went to her because I was responding to an ad that was in the back of a telephone directory and it said spiritual counseling. And I definitely knew I needed counseling and the spiritual that resonated with me. So I gave her a call. It was after hours, but she called me back and and we set up an appointment and it probably was first, maybe second, third session. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but um, that's when she started bringing up the concept of a walk-in. Now I'd never heard of a walk-in before. And when she told me that one soul could exchange places with another soul that inhabited the body, mm-hmm. it almost made me angry because it was so against my little limited belief system. And it was so not what I went to her. I th- honestly, I thought she was going to write me a prescription, give me some drugs and, and things would be better. Cause you have to remember at that time, I was very firmly entrenched in that Western medicine model. And I had no vocabulary for what was happening. And as she began to work with me and explain to me, even though it really stretched my mind and even the imagination Mm-hmm. It felt true to me. And the longer I worked with her, the easier it was for me to be able to integrate because all of a sudden I had voices speaking to me. I was seeing people that really were not there. I knew things about other people. I could sense things. And this was so far out of my realm of understanding that once she began to explain, okay, this is what's called clairvoyance. This is clairsentient. Everything began to make sense to me. And I learned that those voices inside my head were actually my spirit guides. And as I began to work with them and as I began to listen to them, they helped me to be able to integrate into my body. Now, If they had told me everything then that I know now, I probably would have had a psychotic break because they basically had to nudge me along. All of that information uh, did not come to me at one time. It was like little time capsules that began to very slowly open up as I began to progress and develop. Because number one, even though I was healed from the illnesses, my body was still in the trash and I had to learn to um, eat differently, which really became uh, very easy for me because I changed all of the foods that I ate immediately after becoming a walk-in. I hardly ever drank water and I could not drink enough water. And I really, um, you know, I was a totally different person and it was to the point in my life that my mom was really beginning to watch what I was doing and to observe my behavior. And she sat me down and said, I think we need to have a talk. And I'm like, oh, and I was expecting she was going to give me bad news. And she said, I want you to go to a doctor. And that really shocked me. I'm like, what do you mean? I said, I'm healthy. I I don't have any more symptoms. I don't understand. She goes, I understand, but I think you have the early stages of Alzheimer's because you don't even 
recognize half of the people you went to high school or college with, you don't recognize your extended family members. And that's really concerning to me. So I began to explain to her what I was experiencing. And I told her that it was called a walk-in. And the first thing she said was, you mean I'm not your mom? I'm like, no, of course you're my mom, just to a new and improved version. And so from there, it became very, very easy to start talking with her. And it's really sweet now, 22 years later, she'll, you know, she's quite the storyteller and she'll start to talk about her youth or she'll talk about some of the family members and she'll look at me. She goes, now, do you remember who I'm talking about? I'm like, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about now. So um, it's, it's really been quite the journey. Uh, not only did I become healed in my body, my mind also became healed and behavior patterns began to drop away and the cellular structure of my body began to change. I began not only to be healthier, but it was almost like I was fortified within myself and I began to anchor that energy into my body. And as I did that, then all of those old cellular memories, all of the imprinting of those first 38 years had to be healed. And it took me probably, gosh, a good 10 years to really clear a majority of all of the old yuck that had been stuck in this body. Now, neurologically, it only took probably three months for all the changes to occur. And really within weeks, there was a total different clarity in my thought processes. But it, you know, it took a while for me to um, really integrate and come into my own. And then I ended up remarrying and I moved to Colorado and lived in Leadville and still live in Leadville uh, with my husband. And um, at the time, all the children were at home. And I opened a business called Spiritway Wellness. And in this business, I would provide spiritual teachings about some of the things that I remembered from the other side, some of the teachings that my teacher gave me because she was of Hopi lineage. And she had asked that I would share and reach out to other women and share these teachings with them. And I was providing Reiki until one day my guides came to me and said, you know, people cannot drop into the fullness of who they truly are when they're in pain. You're going to have to step up that healing game. So I'm like, ah, oh, great. I just kind of, I'd gotten comfortable in, um, you know, the situation that I was in and in the business. And I had found this beautiful uh, rhythm, but I went ahead, I began studying and learning more and more and more. And every time that I thought I had kind of reached the pinnacle of where I needed to be, they would come in and say, you've got to go bigger. You got to go bigger. And it got to a point where I said, look, guys, I'm working five days a week. I'm doing workshops on the weekends. I'm teaching at night. I have no more time. I have no more resources. I can't do anything else. I can't go bigger. It's physically impossible. And then they started implanting the ideas of having events and bringing other speakers in so that I didn't have to do everything and to bring other healers in so I didn't have to provide all the services. I'm like, oh. Thank goodness. And so 
I started having events and bringing speakers in and that was going beautifully. And all of a sudden I kept hearing, go bigger, go bigger. And so I expanded those events to a weekend event and I brought speakers from all over the country to our land. And it was at that time that I had shared a draft of a concept for a book because my guides had told me, okay, you've been here 20 years. It's time that you share your story because other people need to hear this and not so much because it's your story, but they need to hear about the walk-in process. They need to understand there's different types of walk-ins because they too might be a walk-in. And I always felt that I was very, very lucky and very blessed because I had such a beautiful, strong spiritual teacher in my life, but a lot of people don't. And so I did begin to craft my book and I shared it with some other authors and they're like, yes, 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 you've got to do this. And so they gave me the strength and the encouragement to go ahead and to put the book together and it actually, um, you know, once it came out and people began to read it, they started writing, thank goodness, this is my lifeline. Thank goodness. Now I understand. Thank goodness. I don't feel like I'm crazy. And I felt, wow, that, you know, I've really accomplished my mission with this book. And then I started hearing go bigger again. And I'm like, all right, guys, give me a break. What are you talking about? And I said, do I have to write another book? And it was like, no. So I put together a conference and it was um, all the walk-ins that I had interviewed for the book. Because once I started writing the book and telling my story, I understood that I needed to tell other people's stories as well. First off, we would validate each other's stories. And second of all, it would give others a platform in which to share their messages. And so I interviewed and included 15 other walk-ins. And then I also interviewed eight other individuals in the field of consciousness and science, uh, ufology, et cetera. And they also contributed to the book. And so I invited all of these speakers together. We had a three-day conference and it was the first ever walk-in conference. And from that, a beautiful community of people began to emerge. And almost immediately, I had well over 100 people contacting me, send me more information. We are looking for community. Let's get together, all these kinds of things. And so I have started um, what's called the Wish Alliance for Walk-Ins, Indigos, Starseeds, and Hybrids. And we have a website, wishalliance.org. People can go there and they can connect with other people of like mind. And so I really feel that my go bigger got bigger right there. And all that everything has been leading up to being able to pull and to serve as, you know, kind of a networker to get all of these people connected. Um, That's kind of how I got to where I am today. And it's been a beautiful process. It's not always been a process, especially initially, that I understood, but it has allowed me to be able to open a lot of different doors to walk through that is allowing me to open doors for other people to walk through. And I really believe that 
Um, you know, I was told that part of my mission was to be a way shower. And initially I thought, well, that's my spiritual teachings and those types of things. But now I see that it's more about showing the way for all of these other people to be able to come together, to let their light shine and form to find community. It is a fascinating story. Thank you for being so bold and sharing it with all of us. And your story really of the integration, it's, uh, it is just truly remarkable. And we're gonna dive a little bit deeper about how people would know when a walk-in occurs, but let's talk about why. Let's talk about why a soul would do that. In your understanding, why is this happening? And, and what do you think about the last soul that was in your body? Are you still in contact or an awareness of that? What are your thoughts around this? Well, when I first understood that I was a walk-in, I was really concerned because I'm like, oh my gosh, did I push a weak soul out of the body? And you know what happened and oh my goodness. But um, my guides have assured me that the contract of that particular soul was up. And when a walk-in enters into a body, it's going to happen in a couple different ways. Now, in my case, I'm what's called a soul exchange. And so that means literally the old soul of this body left 100% and a new soul came in. And I have discovered that when I sat bolt right up in bed, that's when the new soul came in through the top of my head and propelled the old soul out through the chest. And that's what thrust me uh, in that upward position. But it was nothing like a hostile takeover. It was an agreement that had been made. Now, mm-hmm. one of the memories that I have prior to incarnating is that I was in a collective. Um, I believe that, you know, we're all multidimensional beings. And sometimes when people incarnate, they're coming directly from a planet, or sometimes they're coming from a different dimension or sometimes they're coming from the Oversoul, which my guides called the Shantias Khan. And so when the soul of this body cried out to be released, it was decided that I would be the aspect from my Shantias Khan that would come in. Now, prior to incarnating, it was probably around the late 80s that the collective that I was part of was out working. We were doing some type of work in another galaxy, but we heard a cry. And when I say a cry, I mean, it was this vibrational frequency that was so loud that when it hit us, it just kind of shook the whole collective. And that vibration was coming off of the earth and she was crying out for assistance. And we came as a group and began working within the crystalline grid system of the planet. And we were infusing unconditional love and we were infusing compassion and lots of energies that was going to help the people on the planet wake up. Now, this was back probably in the mid to late 80s. And so the collective was there for quite, you know, we were doing this work for quite some time. So when that vibration came up from the planet and hit our Shantias Khan, 
that's when the decision was made. I would be the aspect that comes in, but it was like in a split second, um, which mm. we would consider a split second because on the other side, there is no time. It's all, you know, nonlinear time. And so other souls, when they come in though, have done this through uh, their birth plan. So there's a pre uh, plan when people come onto this earth that they have their mission and they're going to work with X, Y, and Z, and they're going to meet on this day and they're going to accomplish this, etc. So you have a pre-birth plan that kind of li lines out all the activities that's going to take place on the planet. And sometimes in that pre-birth plan, there is a place for a walk-in to occur. Now, all souls have um, different exit dates. Okay. So what I mean by that is maybe at the age of three, your soul provided in its plan an opportunity for an exit strategy that if it had gathered and it had achieved everything that it desired to achieve with this lifetime, that it could exit at age three, but at age three came and the soul's like, Nope, I'm not ready. So then you move to age, say, 15. And at age 15, there's going to be an event that occurs that would allow the soul to leave, but the soul's not ready. And so it stays. And I believe that everyone puts a lot of these exit strategies into their own birth plan. And that's what had happened with the soul that occupied this body previously. And I came in during one of her exit strategies fascinating. As you were integrating into the body, did you, well, your mother came to you and said that she thought you had early stages of Alzheimer's. So you really didn't remember that much. And it was a marked difference in personality with foods and everything. That's pretty evident, isn't it? Yes. And for me, um, it was like a 360 degree change. Now, there are other types of what I call uh, the other soul experiences, a walk in uh -huh. the soul exchange walk in is one type of a soul experience. And another type is what's called a soul infusion. Now, this can occur and a portion of that original natal soul can remain, but a higher vibrational aspect from its own Shantius Khan or Oversoul will come into the body. And this could be during a time of illness or trauma. There could be an automobile accident. Someone could be having surgery. And whatever the situation is, this soul begins to be infused with much higher energy of itself from beyond its higher self. And I think that a lot of people on the planet right now are experiencing this, not from the walk-in soul side, because when a soul infusion occurs in the walk-in sense, it happens without um, any type of preparation, without any type of knowledge on behalf of the person who this happens to. But I think 
that because of all of the energetic shifts on the planet and because so many people are actively seeking to raise their vibration, that through spiritual work, meditation, prayer, etc., that people are actually bringing in more of their higher self or more of their Shantias Khan essence. And so I think right now on the planet, we have two different types of soul infusions. But then for the walk-ins, there's also what's called a soul overlay. And the soul overlay can either be permanent or it can be temporary. Most of the time it's temporary in nature and it will come in and the natal soul stays 100% intact in the body. And the new soul just sort of slips itself around kind of like it's a neoprene suit. And it begins to um, act like a battery charger. So it's providing energy to the older soul or the original soul to the body. It can also serve as a placeholder if the soul that inhabits the body needs to leave the body temporarily for healing, say in the state of a, let's say someone has had an extreme emotional trauma happen to them of, of whatever type of nature but the soul really wants to stay on the planet, but it needs some severe healing. And so an overlay can happen at that time. Then there's what's called a soul braid. And a soul braid, they're just a little bit more complicated than some of the other types of um, soul experiences because you have two souls that are actively inhabiting the body at the same, at the same time. Now with a Overlay, it literally overlays and attaches itself to the natal soul. But in a soul braid, they can either uh, occupy the same space and time like side by side, or they kind of intertwine and they literally look like if you could see them like a braid and they do not attach to the physical body. They attach themselves to the soul. And so a lot of times people who have a soul braid will have a lot more difficulties in their life because there's almost like this struggle internally where one soul's trying to come forward and yet the other soul's trying to maintain control at the same time. But a soul braid can, you know, it can stay for a few days. It can stay for weeks, months. It can even be there for years or if the two souls are able to work this out, they can remain for an entire lifetime. And when I was first talking about this, a lot of people were saying, well, that sounds to me like multiple personalities. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, no, this, you know, this is very, very different. Multiple personalities is a true um, mental health thing that would need to be uh, dealt with, whereas this, we're talking about a soul issue. This is something um, internally as opposed to mentally that's taking place. But a lot of times people said, oh, then that means that uh, it's a demonic soul or it's a disincarnate soul that has really popped in. It's just a split personality. And it really is not. There's so, I mean, if people know someone who has a soul braid. These are some of the most grounded, some of the most articulate individuals that you'll meet. Um, and they're definitely not having mental health issues. 
And then there's what can be called a soul jumper. And these are souls that kind of pop in and pop out of the body. And they're just there very, very temporarily. It's typically uh, no more than a few days or a week at the most. I People that I've spoken with, I've never had anyone to tell me that it was like a month or two. It's all like, oh gosh, I had this experience for several days or for a week. And so these just basically pop in and out and they're only there for a brief experience. First off, they could have had an agreement on the other side that says when the soul reaches a certain maturity that walk-in jumpers can begin to occur so that they can have certain types of experiences. And so they're just sort of like, okay, come on in. I'm, you know, I'm going to open up my body, just jump on in here. Uh, But there are also times when they come in to help people through traumatic experiences. And one lady that I spoke with, um, her husband had actually committed suicide. And she said she could feel like there was a soul something had entered her body that immediately gave her strength and this calmness inside of herself that allowed her to deal the deal with the certain situation. And then she said like in a week it was gone. And then she was left knowing that some, mm-hmm. someone or something had been there assisting and supporting her, uh, but was no longer there. And then the last type that um, of soul that I identified was what's called soul layering. And this is when you have multiple aspects of the natal soul from the Shantius Khan. So you have multiple aspects that come in together. And these aspects will, one aspect will come forward and then it will recede and another aspect comes forward during certain situations and then it will recede. And I've known people who've said they've had four or five of these aspects and they're very aware of all of the aspects. And again, when you talk about this, people get confused that it's the multiple personality, but this is, there's no fragmentation of the personality that's present, none whatsoever. These people are very grounded. And as a matter of fact, one of the women that I know has her PhD from Harvard and she can very easily articulate to you when one of these other soul aspects is coming forward. And so I found that in doing this research, there were so many experiences of the soul that, you know, I was really fascinating because fascinated because I honestly thought that everyone was have a very similar experience to mine, but soul experiences are as different as each individual. First of all, there's so many questions that come. So would you say with the new energy on the planet and the great shifts that are going on, that more people are having these experiences, but they just don't know it. So then the next question would be, how would you begin to identify this within yourself? The first thing that I always tell people is what makes you think that there's something different or something has occurred and they can usually pinpoint I was in the shower and all of a sudden blah 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 happened or I was driving my car or I was in the grocery store one lady said that she was pushing a grocery cart through the parking lot and it was almost as if this energy of excitement and energy that 
she said she'd never experienced anything like it before. It was peaceful and loving and kind. And she said it just basically just took over her body and she just felt brand new. And a lot of times when these experiences happen to people, they may not necessarily be walk-in experiences, but they are soul experiences. Mm -hmm. But if people are a walk-in, I always ask the first thing is, you know, have you had some type of an out-of-body experience or um, did something occur during meditation? Were you sick? Because I have found for most people, well, actually 100% of all of the people that I interviewed were either extremely ill, like I was, they had had an extreme trauma, whether it was an emotional or physical trauma. They had been involved in an automobile accident or they had been um, under anesthesia. Some type of um, surgery had taken place. And so everyone that's in the book has these types of similar experiences. So that's another question that I would ask. And then I would ask them if all of a sudden their personality has changed, if they're feeling differently about their families and friends and their lifestyle. And have you recently changed jobs? Have you changed relationships? Um, have you moved? Are you all of a sudden interested in things that you never had an interest in before? Do you have new hobbies? Do you remember things from the other side that you've never read about? And a lot of people that is a real clue to them. Some of the other things are like, oh, yeah, well, this happened and maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe. But when you say, do you remember things from the other side that you've never read about? A lot of times that light bulb will go on. It's like, well, yeah. And as a matter of fact, I've started having all these instantaneous gifts. I'm clairvoyant and I wasn't before. I've become a medium, etc. And so there will be a like a spiritual shift that occurs in people. I'll ask them if they ever remember just looking in the mirror as if they're looking through someone else's eyes, because that's a big telltale sign. Because for me, I, it, it was like, yes, I knew that was me, but I felt so alien inside of this skin. And then I would ask them if they've experienced missing time. Because I have found that a lot of times people have had missing time and they come back when they wake up, they don't know what happened, but all of a sudden they feel like they're someone else. Then I'll ask them if people have noticed the changes, have people began to talk to them or, you know, do, are you hypersensitive all of a sudden? Are you very intuitive? Um, and the other thing that can happen is a lot of mental confusion. Sometimes when these types of events happen, people have no clue as to what just occurred to them and they'll have the memory loss or they don't really recognize the person that's, you know, in the house with them. And that can be really scary because I know even for me, um, I had the knowledge of who this person was, but I had no emotion attached to him whatsoever. 
I would also ask them if they have a feeling like that they know something that other people don't know, but they really can't remember. Kind of like, is there something that's like right on the tip of your tongue that you need to speak, but you can't remember what it is? And that's really huge because I think that's the soul's way of sort of is, hey, here's your wake up call. And people have to be ready to experience and integrate that. And then I'll ask them too, um, if they feel like they're more balanced, if um, they have been depressed and all of a sudden they're not depressed or have they not been depressed and all of a sudden depressed. And so, you know, there's a lot of little telltale signs, but one of the biggest ones is for people is what makes you think you're a walk-in and you know, everyone can go to the experience to say, on this day, this happened to me. Now, a lot of people will call me and they'll ask, you know, do you think I'm a walk-in? And they'll end up telling their story. And I can share with them honestly and say, I don't feel like you're a walk-in, but I do feel like you've had a new upgrade to your Mm -hmm. soul energy. I feel like you have an infusion and they'll say, well, yeah, I've been taking these courses and I've been reading, I've been meditating. And that's another sign. Walk-ins, this happens to them out of the clear blue. But when people have this, they can have a spiritual awakening and it will feel very much like a walk-in situation. But again, that's after all this hard work that they've really been putting into it. And now because of all the energies and the shifts that's occurring, I do believe that there's more and more walk-ins, more and more infusions that are happening on this planet because we are coming in to help anchor in this new energy. And if people are young enough and they end up having children then they're bringing forward a brand new form of DNA on the planet. Yes. Isn't that fascinating? You know, when we're talking walk-ins, it doesn't have to be a scary topic. Mm -hmm. It could be as simple as other aspects of our soul, embodiment of the higher self. Let's talk about the energetic body because there's something very interesting here. You've detected that there's changes that occur to this energetic body prior to a soul exchange. Yes. One of the things that has to occur when you're having a soul exchange, um, well, let me back up. We all know that we have physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, causal, astral, etc. We have all these different layers of our body. But for the purpose of our talk, let's just say, the physical, the emotional, the mental and spiritual bodies. When the person, the natal soul that inhabited this body was alive, that person had a whole different set within their what's called the etheric blueprint. Now we have the physical body and around probably about an inch, no further than an inch away is what's called the etheric template or the etheric double of the physical body. And that's where the blueprint of who made up this body is located. This is where the hopes, the dreams, the goals, the plans, uh, the physical 
aspects, uh, the health of the organs, the mental health states, etc. All of that is found within this etheric blueprint. And so when the new soul comes in, it cannot operate from this old set of blueprints. And those set of blueprints then resonate out into the emotional, the mental, the spiritual body. And so there has to be what's called a loosening that occurs. And this is a very, very delicate process of detachment. And it can happen. It typically happens over a longer period of time. Now, some people have said that it could happen uh, that I've talked to that actually remember and witnessed the attachment, they said that it happened in earth time within a couple hours, but because they're operating in nonlinear time, it takes as long as it takes. So when this happens, it's almost like an operation of sorts where everything has to be changed out. The etheric blueprint could stay but all the information has to be changed out, much like if you're upgrading a computer, there's new computer programs have to be put in. So there's an infusion of energy that has to occur. Then within the emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies, sometimes those are just totally loosened. And from within that etheric blueprint, the new emotional, mental, and physical body or spiritual bodies will begin to form from that blueprint. And so it is a very tedious process. Sometimes, and I believe this was my case, that a lot of the exchange had occurred, but some of it had to remain intact in order for me to be able to operate in the human form. One of the other ladies that I interviewed in the book, Hildegard Minor, said that when she came into the body, she didn't even know how to feed herself. She didn't know how to dress her children. She didn't understand about packing lunch and taking them to drive and to take them to school. Her guides had to basically give her every detailed instruction on how to live as a human because they had removed all of that from her etheric blueprint. But I feel like I was lucky in that some of that knowledge still stayed. And I think that that's why I was able to have this immediate love for my children and the immediate love for my parents and my, you know, my sister, but everything else had been removed. And so there is a very, very delicate process that occurs within hours, our time or it can happen over longer periods of time. And with me, I think that because of that new information that was put within that etheric blueprint, that's what enabled my body to instantaneously heal because it no longer had that set of instructions for illness. And if those instructions are non-existent, then the body cannot be in a state of illness. And so this is a very, very important process of, um, you know, the walk-in exchange program. It is really amazing. And again, we just commend you for your work, Sheila, because you really do help people understand this. And it is so fascinating. We simply know that we're here to bring in 
new earth and operate from a higher perspective. And Mm -hmm. if that's what's going on, that's beautiful. So in all of this, you said that there's this knowingness, there's a knowingness that you have, and there's a deeper understanding. And this is what has led you to understand the dimensions you have identified the 12 by 12 principles of the dimensions. Yes, I have. And that I want to start, I'm going to have to start at the very beginning because from my understanding and most people's understanding, we all originate from source energy and the source energy, father, mother, God, the divine one, all that is, that's where everything emanates. Okay. And even from source, there is this etheric blueprint, this etheric double. And that's what we call the void. And my memories or my teachings that my guides gave me, and this is true for me from where I come from and for this universe, may be different in another universe, but in this universe, When source desired to know itself and it began that expansion process and that emanation of energy that came out and it it made the void, it did so with the sound. That was the first thing that happened was sound. And then that void began to resonate and vibrate and it has all of this. The void really is like the... um, source field matter, the pre-matter, or the etheric template of source, or they now call it God particle. Okay, so that's where you're going to find the God particle. So once the sound emanated, there was a vibration, there was a frequency that began to occur. And within that void, there are sets of creation blueprints. And these blueprints are from which all of consciousness and all of creation occurred. And within these blueprints, there are different creation templates. And these templates are interwoven of light, sound, and frequency. And they kind of overlap each other. And they begin to form these conscious threads. Now, within these conscious threads, once they are formed, they themselves begin to vibrate at a different frequency. And of course, frequency is a conscious flow of source energy to me. And as this frequency expands and contracts, it begins to create an energetic pulsation. And this contraction, that pulsation is a vibration. And that vibration and the frequency create an oscillation and that oscillation itself has a certain vibration and these vibrations and oscillations determine matter density levels so if something's vibrating higher it's going to have a higher vibration if it's lower it's going to have a lower vibration but these creation templates oscillate at different frequencies and they determine the matter density uh, within all of these templates and so i have to back up first in density because this is as a vibration increases or rises density reduces and becomes lighter And as a vibration begins to get um, denser, 
then um, we start to create form. And so as all of these different activities are occurring, they create within themselves various layers. And when you have a dimension, that's just the organization of all the various templates that oscillate with a different frequency. So each dimension that then was created has within it 12 different oscillations. And you can think of these oscillations as being octaves that are, you know, kind of like the keys on the piano. So they range from higher to lower. And it's these octaves that make up a subset of 12. And these densities um, or dimensions also begin to form. And there's actually 15 of those. But within those densities, the first three would be what creates, say, the um, harmonic universe one is what it's called. And that's where human beings are currently in time. And densities four, five, and six, they begin to create the harmonic universe too. And that's where our higher self, our spirit, all of that soul essence, the Shantius Khan, that's where all of that essence begins to take place in those higher realms, which moves into the harmonic universe. And then that's where the individual oversoul and the Shantius Khan can be found. And then within that harmonic universe four, that's where we start to have matrices of over souls. And we can begin to look at uh, soul families. We can begin to look at clusters and those types of things. And then when we move out of that last, because that puts us into then the 12th density or the 12th dimension, when we move into that harmonic universe five, that puts us back into that source field. And that's where all the creation is taking place. And as I began to really sit with this and work with this information that my guides had given me, they also gave me like a template for the oversoul because I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, so you have the Shantius Khan, what most people think of as the oversoul. So when we incarnate, we come from that Shantius Khan, an aspect or an essence. And as we incarnate that part that stays attached to the oversoul or Shantius Khan, it's called the higher self. And as that energy moves in and down into the human form, it begins to surround the body, permeate the body. And that portion that attaches to the body is called the soul or the personality of this lifetime. And that energetic flow, which then begins to feel the auric field, that's our spirit. Okay. So that's kind of like the activity portion. And as I was working with them, I'm like, okay. And so then that comes straight from source. It's like, oh no, no, that comes from one of the blueprints and the oversouls themselves have a blueprint. So there's a blueprint for like a master oversoul that's found within the void and within it, then there's like universal oversoul templates and a cosmic oversoul template and a planetary and the individual. And then we come from that individual aspect down into the Shantias Khan. But all of this oversoul activity is also threaded throughout all of these harmonic universes and all of these dimensions. And it will take us from where we are now in harmonic universe one with dimension one, two, three, 
all the way up to 12 back into 15, which then starts the cycle all over again. Wow, this is a course in itself, Sheila. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just amazing. And your understanding of it just really expands our consciousness and our own understanding. We talk about the higher self and communicating with the higher self. And mm -hmm. wow, no wonder these experiences, these soul experiences are happening more and Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And even within, within our Shantius Khan, we are having multiple life experiences. It's all concurring at one time, even as we're speaking, there's a portion of us that can be in a different planet on a different, you know, within a different universe. We can even have another aspect of our soul having an experience on planet earth at this time as well. Isn't that amazing? And something that comes to mind are instances of doppelgangers mm -hmm. where someone says, you look just like my friend, even the mannerisms. Would you chalk that up to just a coincidence or do you think something else is going on there? Well, I think that uh, quantum energy is like the DNA of the universe. And I think that that DNA, as there's so many studies will show, you know, there have been studies done where DNA is placed in a container, certain um, elements are added to that DNA, then the DNA is removed yet there's a phantom energy of that DNA that remains within that container that actually can begin to take form. And with doppelgangers, I believe that's the same thing. I believe that we have some of this quantum universal energy that has impregnated itself within the planet, within, mm -hmm. um, you know, humanity, and then that begins to manifest. And that's where the doppelgangers come from. I could be wrong, but that's my theory. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. Thank you. You know, we're going to have you back for a mastery empowerment course because of the wealth of wisdom that you bring forward, not just oh, wow. from your own inner guidance, but from all of the interviews and the incredible research that you've done. We have time right now for just a beautiful little experience for our audience. And this would be an, a soul activation meditation. Okay. I would love to do that. So I'd ask that everyone would just close their eyes, take a few deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth and just allow all the energy of the body to begin to settle, the mind would begin to slow down and that we would begin to focus in. We turn our focus from the exterior inwardly and we focus that energy within our hearts. And we allow that energy to begin to expand throughout our bodies. Until you can feel it just beneath the skin. And 
And I want you to relax into that energy. As I begin to look into the templates that surround the body, the etheric or crystalline template, And within these templates, each and every one of us has a divine purpose blueprint. And calling upon the energy of the universe and divine source, I go into this template and begin to open these templates for each and every one of you within the sound of my voice. And you may begin to feel a slight pulsation around your body, a pulsation within the third eye area, a pulsation within your heart because it's recognizing your innate energy, the information that was placed into your field, the moment that the soul solidified in your body. And we release this template to begin to open in its own time, much like a little capsule. You can imagine that it begins to dissolve just a little each day or it could be a capsule that opens when the time is right for you. But we want to start that process today. And I want you to imagine all around your body being filled with light as we call in all the energetic forces of creation and we activate this creation template within your blueprint. And just feel and notice how the body's responding. And we ask that the sensation Continue to expand throughout your day, your night, your week until your divine purpose is made known to you. We ask that all of your angels, your guides, your totems, your spirits would come forward to assist you with this process of opening and expanding and that they guard this etheric blueprint, this template that now has been activated with the crystalline energy. And we are grateful for this process and we are grateful for being part of all that is and all of creation for now and evermore. And so it is. May you be blessed. So go ahead and just open your eyes. 
and just notice any sensations of the body. Make sure to drink plenty of water throughout the remainder of your day so that the energy can be transported through the molecules of the water to each and every cell of your body. And so it is. Beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank that, you. That was what a gift, truly. I would love to hear comments. So for those who are experiencing that beautiful process, that etheric template activated with the crystalline energy, please do so in the comments. I personally want to say I actually feel very grounded with that. Very, very grounded. There's a lightness and there was a lightning, not like a lightning bolt, but um, a brightening yes. of light, a brightening of light. Awesome. <laughs> Very good. All right. Again, that is such a beautiful gift. And we thank you and hope that everyone was receiving that. And this is Sheila Seppi's work and her research. And actually her life mission now. And there's a beautiful way that everyone can work and dive deep on this topic. Sheila, you've got a special offer that is five modules of a course. And this helps to unravel the mysteries of the walk-ins. Yeah. So thank you for uh, mentioning that because I do have a course and the first module that I have, well, let me give you just a really quick overview of what you'll get. Um, the length of the program is approximately three and a half hours, and it's teaching all about the cosmology of the soul and walk-ins. I have 16 detailed handouts and exercises uh, that you will receive that are discussing all of the major points, the um, video itself is given in a PowerPoint style presentation. So you can kind of follow along with the handouts. I have four guided meditations that will assist you in the work that you're doing. There's a questionnaire that will help you to determine if in fact you are a walk-in. And I have some excerpts of the book that I wrote, Walk-Ins, The Cosmology of the Soul, that I think that are really appropriate to assist you in this study. And then you'll be able to download all of the materials and just enjoy them and work on them time and time again. And each of these modules is divided up, you know, like 30, 45 minutes, just so that uh, you can go through the module, you can practice, you can go through the handouts. And the first section deals with the anatomy of our soul. The second is what it's, what is a walk-in, and I go more in depth about being a walk-in and the different types of walk-ins. And so if you think that you might be a walk-in, this will be an excellent course for you because there will be some tips uh, that you might begin to look at yourself and say, oh my gosh, I think, yes, I am a walk-in. Um, then there's uh, module three talks about the different types of the walk-ins and where we come from, because I believe we're all star seeds, but we also have earth seeds. We have wanderers that are walk-ins. We have dimensional seeds. Uh, so there are a lot of 
uh, things that we really didn't get to talk about today, but that you'll find fully in this course. Then again, there's a cosmological journey of the soul. And in the end, I begin to talk about these universal cycles and a little bit of the information that we discussed there at the end. Um, if you're interested and you go ahead and purchase the course, I will end up sending some additional information, which is the creation template for the Oversoul, because I have just recently completed that piece of work with my guides, but I am more than happy to share that with anyone who is interested in learning more about this. Beautiful. Well, diving deeply into the world of walk-ins, the whole experience, basically, you will know in your heart if this feels mm -hmm. right. And some of even just the star family, just that word alone, star seed, that's a key code for us. So if mm -hmm. we've even been in, uh, intrigued by that word, star seed. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Anytime something is true to you, you're going to receive a resonance just off of that word. And so if you have resonated with anything that I've said today, then I would encourage you to kind of sit with yourself, work with your guides to determine if you are in fact a walk-in. So when someone understands they could be a walk-in or they've had an experience like this, what are we to do with it? What is one to do? The first thing you need to do is to sit and find out what your mission is because walk-ins don't just happen to wander into a body. We're here for a very specific purpose. In my case, I'm here to be a way shower in a lot of different ways and to help to coordinate and bring people together. But I think there is what's called a walk-in program. And we volunteer for this. There on other planets, there's a very active walk-in program in the Andromedan system right now. And people are starting to flood this planet. And everyone is here. I believe everyone, whether they're a walk-in or not, have chosen to be here at this particular time on the planet to help usher in all of these shifts and all of these vibrational changes that are happening upon this planet. You know, um, in my book, I write about this shift and say that, you know, it's going to be the greatest show on earth and I didn't want to miss out on it. So, you, mm -hmm. you know, that was one of my, my reasons for being here, but I think everybody, that's all of our reasons to be here. And so find out what your mission is, whether you're a walk-in or not, find out what that mission is and begin to activate it within you. And hopefully that crystalline activation will help you discover your purpose so that together we can help to bring in and usher this new earth. Hallelujah. And absolutely. And everyone listening, yes, we know, raised the hand to say, we got this, we're doing it. No matter mm -hmm. how we did it, if we did it through birth, or if we've had walk-in or soul exchange or soul braid, we are here and we are doing yes. it. And we thank everyone for listening to the call of the heart. This is exciting. Thank you, Sheila. Um, as we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add? I just want to thank everyone for showing up at this particular time on the planet, because each and every one of us 
has a reason to be here. So find that reason, follow the passions of your heart and just know that everything is coming from a place of love. And it's just our interpretation as to what's happening around us. But if we can pull that love vibration in, we begin to shift our vibration. We begin to elevate and we can elevate all those around us. Yes, everything is happening for love. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Sheila Seppi, thank you so much. Your special offer is available right here on this webpage. Just click the special offer button. I want to I thank you again for this beautiful conversation, mind-expanding, and I know it has changed lives today. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. And now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy. to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart as we raise our own vibration we raise the vibration of the planet this show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love access all quantum conversations special offers from our guests 
and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste.